This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of September 20th. I'm your host, e Swap Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Captain Jack Sparrow, yet again in the boat room. JK, it's Kyle McFadden. Uh, Kovac, get out the broomsticks. It was a sweep this past weekend. Ricky Thornton Jr., had to work for it Thursday on the last lap pass on uh, Brandon Overton. Friday, cruise control. Saturday, got the lead early in that race, and it was just like he was on a Sunday cruise. Wasn't even tough for him at all. He sweeps the weekend for the first time since 2010 at the Knoxville Nationals where Billy Moyer did it, which is a impressive feat in itself. The stream season continues for RTJ. When you go up and talk to him after the race, what's the first few things he said to you? Just talk about that dominance that past weekend in Iowa. Yeah, well, well, one thing he did say, it was really cool. Well, sorry. Yeah, I'm up. Yeah. One thing he did say what was really cool was he got to win in Iowa. Uh, he, he's from Arizona, remember, but he's sort of adopted son of, uh, of, uh, of Iowa. You know, he raced up there for, I mean, he moved up there, I think it was 2016. He said, uh, and ran that modified, you know, he met his, uh, his wife, uh, Shay, you know, is from Iowa. Uh, so he, he has a big background there. He has sponsors, a lot of sponsors from Iowa. It was a, it was, it was a pretty neat thing to see him win there for him. The feeling of getting to win there is kind of a little bit of a, you know, of a, of a home, home turf kind of thing that you don't, you don't think of that, uh, when, when you think of Ricky Thornton, a guy from Arizona, but. He has a lot of ties to, to Iowa. Now he lives obviously in, in Indiana, Martinsville, Indiana now, um, closer to the S, SSI uh, uh, Motorsports shop, but a lot of, a lot of ties to, Ares, uh, to, to Iowa. And he also, he was, they were getting a little, team was getting a little worried when Kyle Bronson started coming up, uh, got into second place and, and started making some moves towards them. He started catching them. Uh, he was running that top. And, and, and I know Anthony Burroughs, uh, uh, the crew chief for, uh, for Ricky Thornton had been, was, you know, who I, I, I was worried, I, I'm going to have to move him up. I'm going to have to tell him, hey, you know, R- Kyle's coming. You didn't want to run that top. It's treacherous up there. Uh, but he did, was going to have to do it. And then, of course, Kyle ended up, uh, you know, hitting that cushion when he tried to pass a lap car and uh, and just flying up in the air. Well, a heck of a flip he did there. You know, it was like he was way up in the air. Uh, you know, about lap 40, 40, uh, lap 40 it was actually on a restart. And that kind of was the last guy that really had to, that you saw like it could really challenge him. After that, Mike Marler just didn't have enough to to stay with Ricky. And and uh, that, that's 28 wins overall now for him. He sweeps the weekend, just like you said, like Billy Moyer did. It's not the first time this year that a guy has swept a weekend. Uh, you know, Bobby Pierce did that with the North-South 100. But this was the North South had the double features. So you're only running half the, you know, against half the field uh, in those, in those semi features here. These are full, full field features that, that Ricky Thornton won and he won them both. And then he goes and wins the 75 lapper for the 50,000 man, $64,000 weekend. He's over $850,000, I believe now. So he's, he's on his way to a million pretty incredible for a guy who won four late model races last year we were 28 now and almost you know and headed towards a million dollars pretty you know it, it's, it's a it's mind-boggling to think that yeah i just think it's insane what he's doing in this season 
uh, Robert Holman, because going into the 2023 season, he only had five or six national touring wins. Now he's breaking records in the Lucas series. He's sweeping Knoxville. Like, this is kind of like it's something we've never seen before in the history of dirt late model race, where a guy is entering his you know, fifth or sixth full-time season, had, you know, a dirt track world championship in a Pittsburgh, but this guy wasn't winning consistently, you know, double-digit wins, and all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, he's putting on a damn show, and it's it's kind of impressive to watch. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely impressive, you know, both what he's doing and what, Bobby Pierce is doing. I think what's impressive to me is the fact that they're both doing it on such a high level. Usually when you have someone dominating a season like like we've seen right now, it's one guy, like you think back to JD in, in 15, you know, and then Overton. Usually it's it's one guy who is a clear-cut favorite maybe going down the stretch for driver of the year, a clear-cut favorite every week when we go to vote for our our you know, top 25, but this year's not like that. So, you know, for, for both of these guys, both Thornton and Pierce to do this, that doesn't leave a lot of scraps. You know, I really, all it does leave is scraps for everybody else. You know, these two guys have won, you know, nearly 60 races between the two of them. Think about that. That is, that is just incredible. And then, you know, if, if one of the two's not at the race, if they're not going head to head, they are the clear cut favorite, you know, the other, whoever is there like this weekend when Bobby Pierce had the, uh, took the week off to get his cars repaired, you know, RTJ was the clear cut favorite. How do you pick against him? Now, granted, I've said this over and over and over, there are five, six, 10 guys in the pit area that always have an opportunity to win that will never surprise you if they do win. But how do you pick against Ricky Thornton Jr. or Bobby Pierce when they're at the track and they're having these kind of seasons? It, it is, um, it's very impressive. And like you said, only a handful of super late model, you know, big victories uh, come into this season. I don't think any of us, you know, looking back in January, I don't think any of us could have probably sat here and said, hey, who's going to have the best season of the year? Uh, maybe Ricky Thornton Jr. I don't think that was – it wasn't on my mind. It wasn't – you know, I didn't think about that. I, you know, you're going to go with the the usuals, you know, the JDs, the Overtons. Uh, you know, and at the moment, that's probably it right there when we were thinking about it. You know, you thought there are other, other guys that could have, have good seasons. But – you know, really, even though he's won the Dirt Track World Championship, to me, this is a breakout year. You know, I know that we usually reserve our breakout, you know, category and stuff for guys who are just kind of breaking on the scene and, and kind of up-and-comers. But, man, this is a breakout season for uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. I don't care if, he, if what he'd won in the past. This is incredible uh, to show up every week and, you know, is there something a little bit different, you know, that he's doing that the rest of the Longhorn guys? It's possible. Uh, is it a extremely high level of confidence right now? Hell yeah. That goes a long ways when you're racing against guys who are in the same stuff that you're in and who spend the same kind of money that you are in, uh, that you spend. So when if you have that higher level of confidence and they're chasing you rather than being chased, 
it goes a long ways and means a lot. And and he's he's man, he's taking advantage of every single thing he has right now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, even on Friday night, he didn't have a very good qualifying lap. Starts in the front row as he, then he starts in the front row of the you know feature. I mean, just because like he didn't qualify very well, it's just he hit that invert. But if you're gonna capitalize on stuff like that with events that happen for you or just luck, you can consider it. He's been capitalizing in all season long. Uh, Kyle McFadden, what are you most impressed about with Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, up till September 19th when we're recording this podcast? Because it's there's a lot of things you could choose from. I think he locked up, right? As he were right as you came to him, all of a sudden he locked he's up. Probably, well, he's probably he's on the pirate ship, so maybe uh you know, that uh, he's lost <laughs> some service bad, there. So if he gets, yeah, if he gets back on, we'll uh, go right back to him, Kovac. Oh, Kyle, oh, did you hear he my question back. for you? Sorry. I did, um, literally right as you asked that, it, it froze, but I'm back. Um, I just think, like, the most impressive thing is, is that he's winning big races every month of the year, right? I mean, if you go back to the very, very start of the year, you can trace back a big event that he's won each and every single month. And when you're looking at, at just like drivers of the year and, 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 and the race for the driver of the year, um, I, I think after the world, after the world, you know, when Pierce won both, both of those prelim nights to put him at 30 wins this year, I think, um, I think at that point I thought, well, like this is, this is probably like, I think I can foresee where perhaps the driver of the year race is going, you know, like Bobby Pierce has done everything in his power this last half month or this, this back half of the summer to swing things his way. And, um, but now that RTJ sweeps of the Knoxville late model nationals. It's like, you know, he's back up to number one this week in our poll. And, um, it's, it's just like the longevity and the, the, the consistency of his season, honestly, like after the world where he, he had that non-factor showing and, and, um, it was almost an event where obviously like, you know, he's like one of the favorites to win at the world and, and, and he's a non-factor when it matters most. It, it, um, if there was ever a, a moment where a weekend would take the wind out of his sails, like, so to speak, maybe it would be that, but clearly not. And so, um, just things are firing right now on all cylinders for them. And, um, I think also too, like, just like a side note, if you if you look at most of the most of the heavy hitters in our sport, um, Jonathan Davenport, Tim McCready, Brandon Overton, those three, right? Even Chris Madden this year too. They've had changes at some degree within their race team. For Davenport, that's a new crew chief. For Tim McCready, Phil Snellen's not on the road with him this year. Brandon Overton's running. You know the the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, uh, you know, something that we would have never thought. Chris Madden's switched chassis. Yes, 
Granted, Bobby Pierce is also uh, has made some changes too in that Longhorn. But when you're speaking about, you know, like Ricky Thornton Jr., like, like he's been building toward this now for the past, what, like three years? So you also have to factor that in too. I'm not saying that, you know, Davenport and T-Mac and Overton and Madden, like I'm not making excuses for them, right? But, you know, clearly they're still growing with 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 what, um, you know, they've added on this year, what they've found that 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 is different for them this year. Whereas RTJ, you know, his 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 like dynamic and his crew, you know, they've they've built toward this. So whereas like some guys are still trying to play catch up in their circumstances and in their situations. So can you keep this pace going on and on into the future? We'll have to see. You know, that's the mark of 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 a driver who um, will be just like remembered in our sport for years to come. And he's certainly building toward that. But this year, back to your question, um, you know, it's just that consistency and he's won big races every month this year. So um, and there's still more more big events to go. So, I mean, he could win a big event every month this year, you know, through through Gateway. So we'll have to see. Right. Yeah. Dominant performance by him at Knoxville. Kovac. You know he was going to be in his fourth, or you know, fifth or fourth or fifth year, maybe six. I don't know. Time goes by so quickly. You know, full time late model racing. We knew he was going to improve, but we did not think. Admit it. No one thought that he was going to improve this drastically. We knew it was going to be possible, and we thought he was going to when he showed flashes the last couple of years, winning the dirt track and other races. But I don't think we ever saw a pace this quickly. It's just like, like really quick like that. 2020 was his first, uh, you know, full season with SSI Motorsports, and, and he still ran some modified races that year. He wasn't uh, on tour. 2021 was his first, <clears throat> you know, with the uh, Lucas Oil Series, uh, and you know, he won that. He won the Dirt Track World Championship. He, he won a few ra- here races here and there last year. Uh, last year, I, I mean, I, I I thought he would be taking a step this year, but an incremental step. Not, you know, this like gigantic leap, you know, like out of the ballpark here that he's taken, uh, you know, because last year he finished second in the Lucas Oil Series points. He he won some races, you know, he won the won the big 50,000 at Sonoa at the end of the year, too, uh, with the, you know, uh, the Castro Flow Series, you know, there that weekend. So he 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 was showing flashes of definitely making making uh you know taking another hitting another level in his late model development i guess you could say uh he was getting more consistent and and i think i you know i did like a little you know the driver preview of lucas oil series earlier earlier this year and you know just a couple little notes of each driver and i i think one of them was as like yeah he's he needs to get that leap from being a one or two you know, winner, one race winner of the se- in a season with Lucas Oil Series to, you know, title contending and, uh, you know, winning multiple races, you know, but man, double figures. I, I didn't really see that in the cards. Uh, but, you know, Kyle is one thing ha- did mention, know about that race team. I mean, you know, like that, he, they, Ricky has like a crew that's really stuck together now. It's been like, what, two years now that Anthony Burroughs has been there as a crew chief. Uh, and they, you know, they have Christopher Jaco and DJ Williams. I mean, it seems like it just, when I walk through that pits, that team really seems like they have everything to give. They, they are, they're just, uh, 
they're working together well they're you know they they communicate it's just everybody knows their job i mean it just seems like they're in that now that that rocket one type uh area you know like that they've been together not as long as as the guys at rocket one but they've been together now uh for you know a couple years and and they really know their their roles and and and, and it's just clicking there and then you get ricky thornton jr too it's um he's taken a, and he, he's figured things out too, as a driver as a, being a third full, full time, full time Lucas oil season. And, and it's, it's just clicking, man. It's just clicking unbelievably uh, that, you know, and, and again, you, I, I like, like you say, Derek, to, to be able to do this, this kind of a leap in one year is, uh, is, you know, unprecedented. I mean, Bobby Pierce has I got mean, 30 wins who, this year, but it's right. not like he he's was won, like, he had he's four won races. He's won. Yes. He's been winning multiple races. I mean, he he stepped it up this year in in running a national tour, uh, you know, with the World of Outlaws. And probably, you know, you, you wouldn't ex- maybe you wouldn't have expected him to be right off the bat being the point leader in, in the championship, uh, you know, looking like he's going to win the championship coming down the stretch here. I mean, maybe he would have needed another year or two, but. Uh, but he has a lot of experience in big races, especially. I mean, he's been going to the World 100, the USA Nationals, North South. He's been going to them for a decade since he was, a, you know, 16 years old. And, and Ricky Thornton hasn't. So there's a little difference there. To, the, the, I, the leap that he's taken is, is, is unbelievable. I mean, I was kind of thinking of that, like, Kovac, really quick. Who would like who comes to your mind that's doing something like this for you know, they've been around a couple of years, few years maybe, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, they just like made this huge leap and it kind of was shocking. I was kind of thinking of maybe like what, J D maybe in twenty from fourteen to fifteen. I don't know, like, cause he, he won a few races, but I don't he, I don't think he had many crown jewel wins. And I don't think he was winning much on the national tours. I can check really quick, but I don't think I mean, he was that like, that was a you know, blown that out, was a pretty big leap. Yeah, it was a pretty big leap with JD, but I don't even see JD doing like what Ricky is now. I mean, that, um, I mean, JD wasn't like, again, he hadn't won just like three or four races the past and the other year. Before that, JD had, he had swept the world finals, didn't he? One year, didn't he win twice? I think the one with the, with the very right car in early two, you know, 2010s. And right. I mean, he, he, he did had, have, he had, he had two Lucas had, Oil wins going before 2015. And, you can mm-hmm. continue talking and I can just see how. Yeah. Yeah. He had never run it, that. you know, like 2015. He, that was, that was a, a huge leap too, though, you know, going right out there. They weren't even expecting the Rumley, you know, Kevin Rumley and his father, Leroy, they weren't even planning to run the Lucas oil series in 2015. And they just kept going and he wins the championship. Uh, I mean, they had that, they had that advantage too, you know, with that, with the device, right. I mean, they came up with something there. We don't, as far as everybody knows, haven't heard any talk of a device on Ricky Thornton's car. It's just uh, whatever they're doing is is just meshing well. Mike Marler told me after the race at, at Knoxville on Saturday, after finishing second, he said what's so impressive about Ricky Thornton is that he can run. If he needs to have traction, he a race, he wins it with traction. If he needs to just steer well, be running the bottom or something, he could do that. He's just so versatile with the way his car is. He's just not one way. It's not just one thing that that's making him so good. It's a multiple, you know, he's, he can just, he could do it all this year, which is, uh, you know, an, another really impressive part of his season. No, 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 you're not drunk. No, no, you did not hit a doobie. 
Yes, we're in different locations. Yes, some of us are wearing different items. Uh, yesterday, our recording uh, stopped about halfway through, so we're going to pick up where we started. We just got done with Kovac. So we're going to go to Robert Holman talking about Ricky Thornton Jr. And uh, Robert, he's starting to get the boo birds a little bit, and I think that's a good thing. Once you start winning races, people are going to put you under a microscope. You even have Scott Bloomquist saying, like, hey, this guy has a fast car, but he's making a lot of mistakes driving. People are, you know, starting to take notice of Ricky Thornton Jr. It's This is what happens, though, when you start winning races. Yeah, when, you, uh, when you're when you a nice guy and uh, and you've got uh, good equipment around you and you really haven't done anything to, to anyone else, uh, you know, outwardly you haven't wrecked anyone, you haven't, and you start getting booze, that means that you're doing a hell of a job. I mean, that means that you're winning a lot of races. And let's face it, people don't like to see the same person win over and over and over. You know, um, Scott Bloomquist, as you mentioned a couple of days ago on on his podcast, I guess, uh, kind of called Ricky out, saying he was uh, had good equipment and had a fast car, but he had still had a lot to learn. Well, you know, who doesn't have a lot to learn? Uh, I think his one of his his primary one of his primary sponsors, you know, Jeff Hoker, even uh, went to social media to defend him and said, yes, of course, he has a lot to learn. But he thought that the comments from Scott were a little, you know, kind of, I guess, kind of not really one sided, but just kind of unnecessary uh, that that he didn't need to to say that, you know, Ricky is young. And, and I I think I looked this up earlier. I think Ricky has ran like 13 or 14 races in other types of, of automobiles. So you're right. talking some, some micro stuff, some like mini sprint stuff. He went to the chili bowl and ran a couple races, I think. And he's won a couple races and had a, a handful of top fives, six or seven, maybe top fives in those different vehicles. So that right there, being able to do that, can't, you can't say that that's uh a, a guy who really has a lot to learn, you know, we all have things to learn. You know, I, I learn something every time I go to the racetrack with my race car, I'm 53, you know, I'm not the brightest, I guess, when it comes to that sort of stuff, but I'm always taking it in and, and trying to learn stuff. Think about this. If it's true, if Scott Bloomquist is a hundred percent accurate and Ricky Thornton Jr. is doing this by the seat of his pants and winning all these races because he just has a great team around him, which is very, very important, by the way. What's going to happen when he learns all he needs to know? What's going to happen when he is is fully developed? Holy hell. I mean, we really better look out then, you know, if he if he really gets completely developed, like I guess a, a Scott Bloomquist would want him to be. And, you know, and sometimes I think Scott says these things just to kind of stir the pot. And he definitely got that reaction because there were a lot of people out there that, that really kind of took up for Ricky. But, you know, Ricky Thornton Jr. has got a, a, a great team. He's got a, a great crew chief, crew chief in Anthony Burroughs. He's got two solid crew members, you know, and they've been at it for a while now. And he's a hell of a driver. So when you mix all that in, it's just the perfect combination for him to go out and win these races right now. Yeah, and I think he's okay if he's under the microscope. That means he's doing something right. Uh, good points there, Robert Holman. Uh, Kyle, how many more wins is he going to get the rest of this season? Uh, I feel like there's no slowing down this guy. I would say he probably has 15, to 15, at least 15 nights. You count Gateway, World Finals, and the rest of the Lucas Oil Series. 
along with Castrol. And can he win this championship? I know that's like his next step, I think, is to, you know, prove the haters wrong that he can go into Eldora in a one-race shootout against three other guys and get the big payday. And hopefully he can win the dirt track and win $300,000 that Saturday night. Yeah, right. And so, I mean, if his win percentage is what, over 35% this year, and if he's got 15, 16 races left, and if he's at 28 wins, I mean, I'd have to say that magic number is 33 total wins on the year, right? If he doesn't reach 30, um, then it, it, it would be a, a very much a, a shocking or just a shocker, right? And um, would be a buzzkill probably, um, you know, just like for the rest of the season. So I would, I would have to say 33. I mean, like he could very well sweep the weekend at Brownstown, right? I mean, he won the Castro race there back in April. And um, I mean, he's won eight of his last 15. If, if Lucas Oil features, that's if you're counting the split field prelims, you know, leading into uh, the Saturday night finales here over the last uh, few weeks. So no, Magic M is 33. Now keep in mind, Bobby Pierce has 30 wins this year. So um, when we're factoring in driver of the year, um, total wins will certainly uh, be a gold star um, on their resumes, right? And, and who will have the most wins by the end of the season. So um, we'll have to monitor that. And um, I, uh, you know, he's... Ricky Thornton Jr. has won a big race every month since January, I feel like. And so, I mean, he could very well keep that trend up through Gateway. So um, I would have to say 33. If there's 15 or so races left on his schedule, there's only six left on the Lucas Oil Series season. So, um, and then obviously that Dirt Track World Championship would be, would be like a cherry on top. Um, so I don't think he necessarily needs to win that to have a defining, a career or a historic defining season. But if he does, then, you know, I, I guess all the Scott Bloomquist talk will be, will be brushed away. And, and uh, you know, that would be, that would be the best way for RTJ to counter uh, those, um, those jabs there, so to speak by Scott, if you even want to call it that. Yeah. RTJ, no points of slowing down. He's also got that battle with Bobby Pierce for driver of the year. Those guys have been duking it out. Pierce has really picked up the last month. Obviously, he wasn't at Knoxville, nor he'll be at the Jackson 100 this weekend. So, RTJ probably going to have some good runs. I'd say he might continue building up a lead if he has one. We'll have to wait and see. Plenty of time left to decide on those two drivers. All right, Kobach. We were at Knoxville together. Lowest car count in the history. 40, well, around 40 cars, I think. 39, 40 both nights. One of the greatest facilities in dirt tracks. No, it's not a dump, even though, you know, J.D. might have said that in one of his uh, post-race <laughs> interviews. Um, when it originally started, it was in October against the dirt track. For a while there, it was the last weekend in September. And I think up until 2015 or 16, they moved it to the weekend after the World 100. And we both can agree, I would say, right after that, it really didn't affect the car count that much. But this year, the last couple of years, it's really went down a toll. I think if you're a driver in Illinois, Indiana, you're probably going to go more towards, you know, going to the World 100. That event's very important to the Hoosier State and the land of Lincoln. Um, I don't know. 
they did it now. There was some rumors going on, too, if they're going to have this race. Is this the last one? But Knoxville announced we will have the race in 2024. Just no date is set in stone. So, Kovac, what can they do to, you know, help the Knoxville Nationals get that car count up? I think they got to switch weekends that they're going to be able to do that. So, and also, I want to go around the room, ask you a question, and then at the very end, please answer with what would be a good date for it. Yeah, it's a it's a tough situation with everyone in the you know everybody these big racetracks anymore. That's all you hear everybody talk about. They're they're tough on equipment. You know, guys don't really want to run them. You know, uh, they much prefer running the smaller racetracks. But I I, I still think it's a uh, yeah, where we can't just have a bunch of bull rings. You got to you got to spice things up with some bigger racetracks before. You know, you can't. I mean, every, everybody used to run them all uh, like for through years and years. Uh, there's always been big racetracks uh, for dirt late models, and let's let's we're, we're not gonna get rid of Knoxville just because it's a big racetrack or it's out of a you know it's not in the middle of it's it's sprint car country or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> Maybe we'll, the days of the 70 or 80 cars probably for that race are, are over, no matter what you do. There's too many other uh, other choices. I mean, there was 97 for the first one in 2004. And that race was actually run in mid-October. It was against the Dirt Track World Championship that was at uh, Bluegrass Speedway in Kentucky that same same weekend that year. So because uh, the, the Knoxville Nationals were part of the Stacker 2 uh, extreme series which was that you know that 2004 year when the world of outlaws started and there was kind of that divide there of who was going where and uh i mean they ran head to head with the dirt track world championship had 97 cars there wasn't many other choices that weekend of even 5,000 to win back then or certainly not 10,000 to win like there was this week past weekend uh, where drivers can stay closer to home. They don't have all those choices. It's, I mean, it's, it's a little bit the same with the World 100. World 100 used to just be all by itself. You know, I mean, nobody would even buck the World 100. You got weekly tracks bucking the World 100 now. Um, that gives other drivers other choices, another series run. So uh, you, nobody is going to get that humongous number anymore, even if there were that many cars to go. And but with these two big, with a big track too, yeah, you, know, you put that the week after the uh, the World 100, you know, World 100's grueling, um, three days of race in there, uh, and then you go to another big track that's going to be three days of race, another another grueling weekend. Um, I mean, that, that's 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 tough on national teams, let alone like the regional teams that you need to to boost that uh car count up to over 50 and then maybe near near 60 or so at the high end uh and and you kind of saw that i mean a lot of guys are if they're going to choose one of those two big weekends in a row probably go to the world 100 and then go to a smaller track so you know with that are that are paying pretty decent the next weekend so uh um you know maybe give them a little more time i guess uh back to back makes it tough on so many teams maybe there needs to, it needs to be separated not not just fan wise but also for for racers to to have a little recuperation time i guess after you know kind of regroup after eldora so any specific date you thinking or what do you got well the dates that i was thinking you know like you said it used to be two weeks after uh, uh eldora it used to be the jackson 100 uh the week after eldora I mean, then they kind of flipped those two back i think it was 2016 2015 or whatever um the jackson 100 the brownstown speedway doesn't they're closer to eldor they don't really want to run the the following week after the world 100 um so i mean if i just threw something out there 
I was thinking, you know, the Pittsburgh or the Lucas Oil Series has the Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. That's uh, usually last weekend in October, September, 1st in October. That used to be in mid-September. Kind of when it was in its heyday, it was in mid-September. So why not move that up to the week after the World 100? Um, and I don't think that that's as much of a, a factor. I mean, it's a big racetrack, obviously, for the Lucas Oil guys that are that regulars. But you don't have as much – there's not going to be – the, the rest of the field at Pittsburgher Crossover, isn't going to be right. with the rest of the field would be at Knoxville. Uh, so you wouldn't have to have those two weeks in a row. So I maybe do that. Maybe put Pittsburgher there, run Knoxville the week after that, and then the Jackson 100, the final weekend in September, or, or if the depending on how the calendar falls, first weekend in October, you know. Maybe that could be a better, uh, you know, possibility to space them out to get those cars to – um, have enough stuff left, enough uh, energy left to, to go uh, run Knoxville. Right, I like that, Kovac. Be kind of cool, too, the, in uh, the Final Four at Knoxville or, you know, the Jackson 100, whatever, for the, the weekends you like to go. So that'd be pretty cool as well, just two yeah, historic cool. dirt tracks as well. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not Robert, seeing like a, like a summer race or something like that, too. But, I mean, I think that, that there's so many other races. I didn't mention that, too, but – when I say those dates, I mean, there's a lot, there's so many dates are taken up otherwise all over the other parts of the, of the season. So, uh, right. you know, I, I think, I, I feel like Knoxville's a fall race. Right. I like, I was thinking like the May, like where they're at, you know, Farley and, uh, 34, just maybe move like 34 to like a Tuesday, then run Knoxville the weekend before the show me 100. I just, you know, it's Knoxville. It's a big racetrack. Yeah, the crown jewel season might be a little bit different, but, I mean, I think everybody would be okay if it's just Knoxville. But on the flip side, I think, you know, the World of Outlaws are out in PA, so which is basically kind of what you had this year. A lot of World of Outlaw guys didn't come. Uh, Robert Holman, this is the first time I've heard fans, that's right, fans saying they're wore out going to races. Yeah, drivers might look at the purse and say, you know what, we're going to kind of see what the start money is. But we have guys like Bobby Pierce that are skipping out on Knoxville, a guy that has a chance of winning that $50,000. That guy is always looking what that top purse is because he believes when he unloads, it's going to be, a, you know, a top three run from him. It's just kind of crazy. Are we just racing? I mean, we've said we're racing too much, but if we're getting fans and top tier drivers exhausted, maybe we just kind of, you know, got to look back at the big picture and saying, you know, is this good? Yeah, it's good for a sport drivers getting money, but also, you know, kind of like it's kind of watering down the watering it down a little bit we don't necessarily have to go with the purses but it's a water down in the product if you have top tier guys and fans you know deciding where to go and when there are uh, there are a lot of races that pay good money now to win and there are a lot of races actually that pay solid money to start uh it's uh it's somewhere in between i think that as far as the pay goes that we really need to look at it and that's just uh, maybe a topic for another day when I need to really jump up on my my soapbox and get rolling. Uh, but you know, just because a Bobby Pierce would probably maybe not take this that race off in the in the past. But this year he's running for a World of Outlaws Championship. He needs to focus on that to get you know Bobby Pierce is looking at the big picture. That's understandable, a hundred percent. He had a car damaged at Eldora, which goes back to this whole scheduling thing. We're scheduling this race directly after Eldora, which leaves drivers very few opportunities to get their stuff, you know, in gear to go to this another three-day show. So Pierce had no choice but to to skip this race. Now, 
Uh, as far as why the overall car count is down, I can't really speak to that. I will say that it is just the scheduling in general with uh, events that pay good money to start, you know, on the surface at least, is overwhelming. This weekend, for example, is a race that we used to cover religiously uh, down at, at uh, Magnolia Speedway in Columbus, Mississippi. You know, the, the Cotton Picking 100 or, or the Cotton Picking Magnolia State 100 or whatever it is. You know, that used to be a Lucas Oil race at one time. It was on, it's been had different sanctions and had, you know, then Lucas Oil and then no sanction. And now I guess it's, uh, I think it's a comp cams deal. I'm not looking at my slate. But uh, but still, this is this was a big race in the South. And now, you know, with the, the race in Indiana at, at Brownstown uh, a few years ago, uh, getting put on top of that that race is almost forgotten. So here you are talking about one of the most historic races in the South that pays pretty good money. It's completely on the back burner now as a regional, as a regional race. And I don't, I don't mean any disrespect to them as far as saying it's on the back burner. Cause I still pay attention to it. I still love the place, still love going there. And I think Magnolia is a bucket list track. It's one of the probably 30, 40 tracks that people need to try to get to if they've never been to. When I say 30 to 40, I'm not saying there's 30 or 40 more. I'm just saying if you list 40 tracks that you need to go to in your lifetime, I think it's in there. So I don't know what the answer is. I heard, I saw a person didn't hear. I saw a Facebook post uh, before Eldora that said, I'm not going to Eldora. I'm going to skip it and I'm going to go, you know, to um, Iowa, to Knoxville Nationals. Yeah, fans, that's a fan. Those are fans are, are choosing now between Eldora and Knoxville because, A, it's still expensive to drive all over the country. You know, the economy, I don't care how good they say the economy is, things are expensive. So if you don't have, who can take a week off or four days off to go to Eldora and then another four or five days off to go right back, you know, over to Iowa? It's not something that the normal person, that the working man can necessarily do. So you've got all these races scheduled on top of each other. It is easy to get burnout. I'm kind of burnout, not ready. I have been home for a couple weeks now, so I'm ready to go back. But still, um, when you've been out 60, 70, 80 times, you know, it's easy to get burnout. And then you look and you're like, oh, we're not done yet. We've still got another 15, another 20 to go. And it's already pushing October. I don't know what the answer is other than to, as a driver and as a fan, sit down and decide which ones you really want to go to, which ones you want to skip, and then get rid of all the noise from the people who are complaining about what you're skipping. That's that's really the only answer. Now, if you're running a tour, if you're running a series, whether or not it be regional or national, or even, you know, there's really tours, I guess, smaller than regional technically nowadays. If you're running one of those, that is your commitment. That's what you're doing. And then you look and you say, well, I want to add another 10 races or 15 races to that commitment already. That's as a fan or as a driver, that's the only thing you could, that's, the, that's your only option now. Cause I don't see if, if tracks are at record and I'm not really want to get into this debate either, but if tracks are having good attendance, I'm not going to say record attendance, but good attendance at some of these touring races, you think they're going to stop scheduling them just because Robert doesn't want to go to that one this weekend. 
No, right. they're not going to stop scheduling it because a few people don't want to go. More than a few people want to go. So they're going to keep on piling them on until something breaks. And I don't know what that is. But uh, but the option right now, like I said, is to just choose which ones you want to go to, choose which ones you feel like you can skip, and live with it. Right. Me and JD were talking about that after one lap, one beer. Is like people are still going to you know schedule races as long as they're getting a good crowd from the years prior, a couple of years prior. They're going to do the same thing, you know. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see when that breaking point would be. So that's a great that's a great observation, and also. How much money is at Eldora now, guys? People are going to choose that over Knoxville. If they're going to choose the, you know, the two. You got Castrol, Dream, World 100, and now the Dirt Track World Championship. We're going there four times now. Back in the day, you'd only go twice. So that's a that's maybe has some factors to play with certain drivers and uh, stuff like that. And then obviously, you know, you had like guys like Fager. He's winning the Mars points. He had a Mars race. He has to go to that. So just different factors, a lot of different series and stuff playing out. So we'll have to wait and see. All right. Um, Kyle, what about we're going to finish the show off here with one more thing. I know you got to get going, so we'll start off with you, and then you can just, you know, shut down and freeze in a good spot, maybe with your thumbs up or something when you, you know, hit the end button. So we'll go with you with one more thing. Well, um, my my uh, one more thing would have to be Tyler Emery picking up the win, uh, the ULMS win at Hummingbird Speedway over this past weekend up in Reynoldsville, Pennsylvania, and uh, extends his point lead to 36 points now over Ryan Montgomery with uh, two races left in the series. So, um, you know, he's having quite a big year. And and when we're talking about, you know, just like breakout drivers like RTJ, obviously it's not on the national level. and, And Tyler Emery doesn't have more than 15 wins or 10 wins. I don't I don't even think this year, um, but he's also one of those drivers, you know, just just a breakout candidate this year too. And so it's good to see him uh, on his way toward what seems to be another championship. So, yeah, shout out to Tyler Emery, great, great, uh, you know, coming out party for that driver out there in the Mid Atlantic. My one more thing is, speaking of Fager, uh, all he has to do is show up to Tri City this weekend to, you know, get a Mars championship. I think he has like 13 wins on the year. And also, I think he's mathematically in line to win the Dirt Car UMP National Championship, which would be, would be his first since 2009. So kind of a renaissance for the high side hustler, Jason Fager. He's a dad now, uh, Kovac. So he's got to get that paper. And he's really capitalized with Bobby Pierce going to the National Tour and Brian Shirley as well. So he looked at the schedule and said, hey, those two guys are going to run a national series. We need to make sure our program's good and win some regional races. And he did just that this summer. So congrats to him on winning the Mars in the Dirt Car National Championship. What do you got for us, Kovac? Uh, yeah, congratulations again to you, Fegger. Yeah, he, there's so many 5,000 to win shows, 10,000 right in his backyard. He took advantage of it this year for sure. Uh, thing I want to mention here is at, uh, at, at Knoxville on Saturday, during those driver intros before Saturday's uh, finale, uh, they went through everybody's name, and when they got to Jonathan Davenport's, whew, there was some, that was some booze there for for JD. I'm like, I think he even looked sort of like, whoa, that was uh, that was uh, more than that was like a Scott Bloomquist and Bobby Pierce at Eldora type of reaction. People obviously, I mean, it wasn't no sprint car people all there. I mean, there was a lot of late model people there, and they obviously didn't take kindly to you know hear having him say. Uh, you know, mentioned that uh, 
that Knoxville was a dump, you know, there after his bad night on Thursday on video. Uh, so they, they, they heard that it's spread around and they gave him a good, uh, you know, a good, good lashing there, I guess, uh, for, for saying that they spanked him. Let's just say they spanked JD for, for yes. saying something about Knoxville. And I, I think it'll be all right. I don't think, I don't think he's going to become public enemy number one in the late model world. Now, maybe sprint cars because he did talk about the sprint car capital of the world, but, uh, he, he probably got a little, little lashing there and, uh, and maybe he'll be all right after this, you know, but man, that was, it was, it was just weird to hear that. It was, it was, it was a heck of a reaction yeah. to him. Yeah. Time heals all wounds. I know Shane and Bab, yeah. I think in like 2011 at the Prairie Dirt Classic, they had double features. He won the free, he won the race and said, you know, a lot of people were pulling off cause they didn't t- turn the water truck keys off at the Prairie Dirt at Fairbury. So there was like a three or four years, you know, stint where Shane and Bab got the booze. Uh, the Illinois firstborn son, you know, so you gotta, you know, fans will learn to forgive and forget, but right now they are all fired up and thank God it wasn't in front of the sprint car capital with all the sprint yeah, car fans right. there. Otherwise I think they might've slashed his tires and other than that, but uh, it was good. Uh, good dramatics as he had a good rally too on Saturday. All right, Robert, finish us off, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, guys, the, uh, I just wanted to, to throw out that the, um, with the cop promotions or, or K promotions, I guess, leaving Davenport, you know, um, when they left uh, kind of abruptly uh, a few weeks back, that kind of left the Governor's Cup that was supposed to be at Davenport, Iowa Speedway, uh, kind of up in the air. And so the uh, the Hoker Trucking Series uh, has moved that race to CJ Raceway or Speedway or whatever it is in Columbus Junction, Iowa. And that, uh, that race is going to be now a $5,000 to win one-day show uh, for the 23rd, which uh, – is coming up here, I guess, Saturday. So coming up right here in a few days, coming up right upon us uh, for, for this week. So fortunately, that Governor's Cup still has a place to race, and it should be a good show for the Hoker Series. Uh, unfortunate that they didn't get to go to Davenport, but uh, maybe maybe somebody will come in there to Davenport and take that place over, and, and it'll all work out. But for, for now, the Hoker, uh, Jeff Hoker's uh, sponsorship, of course, and then uh, the series itself is going over to CJ for uh, this Saturday to, to wrap up that Governor's Cup. And I think they have a race or two left on their tour. So uh, I'm glad that they are still going to get that show in. Yeah, no doubt about that. I know that neck of the woods, they uh, love that race. So hopefully it uh, goes off with uh, some great racing and, you know, no like problems with that event. All right, guys. So Knoxville is behind us. This weekend is the Jackson 100 uh, we're getting down to the points battle there with the Lucas Oil Series as we try to get to the final four as we go to Eldora for the Dirt Track World Championship. Will anybody be able to stop Ricky Thornton Jr.? You can find out watching every single lap live at Flow Racing, and not to mention all these three guys' great articles on DirtOnDirt.com. Be sure to check them out. Uh, they're very informational. Uh, you got some good quotes and stuff like that. They work their asses off going to the events each and every single week, so be sure to check that out. This is Derek Kessinger, Robert Holman, and Kevin Kobeck, the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.